This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. It's the 195th most popular comedy interviews podcast in Australia. To all my listeners in Sydney, Alice Springs, Perth, Brisbane, Toowoomba, Adelaide, and Hervey Bay, enjoy the show. And to everyone else, enjoy the show. It's Thursday, February 11. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. This morning, the FBI and Secret Service cyber units are investigating the hacking of the municipal water supply system in Oldsmar, Florida. Hacker tried to poison a Tampa Bay area water system. Authorities say they boosted the amount of a chemical up to dangerous levels. You read things and you say, is there anything more they're going to do to me? They're just like everybody's after you. Well, they're trying to poison the water. Those voices are discussing a cybersecurity incident involving a water treatment plant, one of the nation's most dangerous and disturbing water-related incidents since the release of Halloween H2O. As the United States continues to remain exposed to escalating digital attacks targeting our country's critical infrastructure, many concerned millennials are beginning to ask themselves the same question. In the event of an emergency, is there a national stockpile of LaCroix? On Monday, it was revealed that hackers recently gained access to a water treatment plant in Florida, a facility entrusted to moderate the dosage levels of bath salts its residents consume directly from the tap. Once inside the system, the perpetrators tampered with the water's chemical composition to raise the levels of sodium hydroxide, a corrosive substance that's used to remove metal from water that can cause burned skin, baldness, and other ailments that make it difficult to ascertain who's a burn victim and who's an aging divorcee in Margaritaville. Fortunately, the hack was caught and reversed before the tainted water could make its way to the public. An encouraging sign for at least one lucky location in the United States that starts with an F. This hack comes on the heels of a New York Times report that finds that the USA has fallen far behind on its defensive cybersecurity capabilities. Which should come as no surprise, considering that, if you were to take a look at California in the summertime, you'd already know that Silicon Valley is incapable of constructing a firewall. Among the many reasons why the marshmallows and fall guys keep inching us into a candy-coated abyss is that a leaked NSA hacking toolkit, as well as a lucrative market for unexploited software vulnerabilities, has leveled the playing field for other countries looking to get in on the cyber action. A quaint phrase that once suggested a racy exchange of AOL instant messages. That's been reappropriated to now mean a ransomware attack demanding that a children's hospital cough up enough Bitcoin to purchase a Tesla. Even as far back as 2012, former Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta sounded the alarm over a potential cyber Pearl Harbor. And if you think your Roku is prepared to withstand another coordinated assault from Ben Affleck, Cuba Gooding Jr., and John Voight, you're in for a rude awakening. I worry about things like this because this country is already a few blue shirts short of a geek squad, struggling to distinguish a frayed ethernet wire from its ponytail. For all of our AirPods, iPads, and iPhones, we're basically a nation of series. We seem to understand the general concept of technology, but when summoned, we're absolutely helpless to do anything about it. The Obamacare website crashed the moment it launched. Comcast can't be bothered to run broadband wires to rural homes in states like Tennessee. That guy I went to high school with won't accept my friend request. 
so I can't pretend that I've made better life choices by glancing at his family photos. Back in December, I talked about the massive solar winds hack that had just been carried out against federal agencies by the Russian government, that same benevolent organization that has used cyber weapons against Ukraine multiple times to shut down ATMs, gas stations, post offices, and even the heat and power on Christmas Eve. Do you think the good people at Con Ed are ready to resurrect a fried machine that powers down the East Coast when the good people at AT&T can't even block a robocall urging you to renew the extended warranty of a car you've never owned? Another reason I'm talking about this is a recent issue of Wired published several chapters from 2034, a generous excerpt of an upcoming title we currently can't read while we're trapped at home during a pandemic. From whatever percentage of the story I've consumed, the authors envision a cyber war about 10 years out, stay with me, that forces those who have been hamstrung by power outages and useless digital devices to revert to using pre-internet technology, like a conversation. Now, this tactic isn't that far-fetched. After enduring multiple cyber attacks to its infrastructure, one approach Ukraine adopted was to prevent critical systems from ever connecting to the internet, borrowing a page from your printer. But according to another book by a New York Times cybersecurity reporter, This Is How They Tell Me The World Ends, which I am telling you so that you know I purchased a book, we here in the United States connect 127 new devices to the World Wide Web per second. Everything from treatment facilities and insulin pumps to the Peloton bikes that are supposed to prevent us from needing treatment facilities and insulin pumps. Now, this isn't an approach that I'm looking forward to. I'm the guy with a Bluetooth sensor in my toothbrush that precisely measures, to the second, how I waste my time and money. But if connecting too many of my light bulbs to the internet so that I can adjust my toilet's ambiance from abroad makes it easier for someone else to cut my power without using the light switch that I've chosen to willfully ignore, maybe it's worth reconsidering whether our desk lamps should require a data plan. And now it's time for a The Latest with Greg Ott special announcement. Starting next week, I'll be joining Cracked as a producer. For those who aren't familiar with Cracked, it's a comedy website founded in 1958 as a direct ripoff of Mad Magazine. I can't think of a more fitting or appropriate place to work. But... With regards to this podcast, I wanted to let my listeners know that, going forward, nothing will be changing with the show. <laughs> the reason I'm telling you all this is that I'm very excited to start producing and hosting all sorts of different projects that I'll be able to share with you in the future. And not because the guest we had lined up for the OJ bit all week wouldn't follow up with a recording time. And that's the latest, written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. Hey, she sent the emails. She, we, we tried our best. I mean, it, it just didn't. Email is tough. Uh, if you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, other weird apps. They're all weird. There's so many of them. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you listen to the show and you want us to keep doing it, we're going to keep doing it, but give us a five-star review anyway. LatestPod.com for all your latest podcast needs and desires. It's a great, great URL. Uh, I'm at underscore Gragot on Twitter. Yeah, right. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean you'll be hearing me soon. 
And by hearing me soon, I mean you will soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast. Thank you.